What's cracking like everybody? Money Smart Guy Matt Zipala here, hailing to you from Dallas, Texas, and another episode here of the Seven Figure Squad Podcast. I believe this is episode 53. So uh, we're halfway, or more than more than halfway to 100. I think 100 is the magic spot for any podcast. But in studio with me today is extraordinary entrepreneur from the mental health background from Grambling States. One of Grandma State's finest, Kendrick Williams. What's going on? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Cool. So we got we got a killer show today, and, and I want to get, you know our audience to get to know you a little bit more. But um, interesting show today. We got a UPS driver reveals his income because you know the big contract they signed earlier this year about them making a lot of money, hundred fifty thousand dollars income. Well, this UPS driver tells us the real deal. Uh, uh, Big Macs are going up to fifteen dollars. You, you're, you're a Big Mac guy. <laughs> wow. Nah, it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be before used to you started be. making money. Right. Right. Uh, what it takes really to go from part-time to full-time as an entrepreneur, this video will shock you. We'll, we'll review it in this podcast today. Pitbull on entrepreneurship versus instant gratification. What pool costs, so pool, yeah, swimming pools in your home, what it costs in 2024, something that a lot of people want in their backyards these days, especially here in Texas, because right, it gets hot. Right, it's that it's hot. hot yeah. uh, Deion Sanders exposes a big problem in the NCAA uh, those in their th- those in their forties, forty years old, feel they need two point seven million dollars to retire. How much money do you think you need to retire? Well, forty year olds think they need two point seven. We'll unpack that a little bit. And of course, we got to talk about Cat Williams, <laughs> him dropping some major bombs and some scorched earth revelations on the Shay Shay podcast. Our reaction to that too, yeah. as well. So, uh, Kendra, before we get into it, man, tell everybody here real quick about I know you, but yeah. tell everybody here about you, your background and what you're doing today. Yeah, thank you, Matt, man. First, before we, we get started, man, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Oh, for sure. Uh, get, being on a platform and um, I know a lot of people see you watch your channel and a lot of mm-hmm. you're a mentor to a lot, but man, I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you, man, a man, just not out, you know, outside of business, man, yeah, yeah, mentorship, yeah. you're a great father. I right, um, that, um, I, some somebody I can follow and look up to. My man, so I appreciate that. Um, but well, yeah, man, I, I, yeah. I come, I come from, I grew up in New Orleans, right? Uh, very mm-hmm. humble beginners, man. So it meant a lot to you when we had Master P at our, yeah, our event last yeah, year. Yeah, man, uh, yeah. I, I related to him. Wow. Okay. And uh, some of the, some of the things that um, I've seen and actually done in my community, man, is the statistics of of getting out of New Orleans alive or not in jail. Wow, it's, it's very, you know, wow. <laughs> it's crazy, man. But um, it's not a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not. So, uh, came from New Orleans, uh, went to school, did everything my parents told me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, stayed away from, you know, <laughs> drugs and gang violence and all that, and uh, mm-hmm. wound up going to Grandma State University. By the way, thank you for taking me. Oh, was it a couple years ago to my first yep. ever uh, yep. Texas State yep. Fair? Bowl. Yep. The with bowl. Uh, with yep. Uh, Grambling State and, and Prairie View. Uh, and Prairie View. Yep. And, uh, you know, I thought I was watching a football game. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, it turned into a band contest. Yes. yes. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm watching a band more than I'm watching the game. I'm yes. like, is there a football game going on? And then you told me, watch, watch, watch what happens after halftime. Yep. Everybody started clearing out after halftime. Yep, yep. Half the crowd. More than half the three-fourths, they, they leave. <laughs> yep, they, they leave. Why man. does that happen? No, I support your team, baby. Yep. A football team yep. needs your support. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, yeah, continue. Yeah, so yep. so uh, like I said, grew up in New Orleans. You know, did everything my parents told me to do. Went to college, man. Uh, did mental health for mm-hmm. about 10 years. Your, and your then, parents still together? Yeah, parents. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, my parents uh, divorced at five. Got when it. I was five years old. Oh, right. Okay. So it was a, a, a co-parenting along the way. I had my Got mom it. and my dad in my corner, so they were, they both did their part. Amen. Right? Yeah. So you spent time with your 
Daddy, dad's house. So mom it was crazy. House. It was weird. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Really? So my dad worked a lot. My mom worked a lot. I really was raised in my grand in, in the house of my grandmother. Wow. You know? So was your grandfather around too as well, or just uh, he was around? He was around, okay, but like grandma is like grandma house, man. And and those like after grandma died, it was like the family just kind of moved around. Like uh, home was grandma house. Wow, it's crazy. So um, wow. was money yeah. was money ever talked about in your household? Grandma, mom, and dad? <laughs> Not really. We knew because uh, uh, we knew. I don't know if you understand like food stamps in New Orleans. Of so course. food stamps, mm -hmm. you get the government cheese, mm -hmm. the government milk, government mm -hmm. cereal. So yeah. yeah, and when you pay with food stamps, you don't pay taxes. That's so, right. And yeah. it was a you know now you have a car. Back then we had the the food stamp book, the, the actual book, the book versus the, the car, yeah versus the the, 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 <laughs> right. the digital card you just swipe. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, but yeah, humble beginners. Uh, that 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 that's who that's what made me who I am today. So I understand not having a lot, and I understand mm -hmm. when I get a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're a big guy. So you went to went to college. You play sports? Yeah. So I played everything in high school, but I actually got a lot of people don't know this, Matt. You probably don't know. I got recruited to actually play baseball. Really? Yeah. 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 It's not basketball, not football, baseball, yeah. baseball, baseball. <laughs> how many how many Latin Americans on your baseball team? HBCU? <laughs> Man, none. <laughs> no, okay. None. None. Okay. None. But. Um, yeah, man, got recruited uh, straight out, straight out of high school. I was top twenty-five in the state. Really? Um, and were you, went, were you yeah. more of a defensive guy, more of an offensive guy? So, so a little bit of both. So okay. I played first base and I played closing pitcher. Really? So, yeah, I had a, I had over eighty mile per five fastball. You got a gun for an arm, yeah, yeah, cannon. Yeah. So they, we up two, three, you know, runs. They'll yeah. put me in the last. Last two innings, something like that. Yep. So take, they'll take you off first base. Yep. And put you and on close, pitching close, close it out. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So okay. a lot of people are like, you play football, you play basketball. I did, but baseball was my sport. I was just talking to my wife about this the other night and we were just talking about the kids and how they develop cognitive development. Um, football is every play. You boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. Basketball is every play. You're running, right. you're gunning. Yeah. Baseball, there's maybe what, 150, 200 plays and the ball is only hit to you maybe five times a game. So, so you have to standing around, you know, yeah. You have to understand situational awareness. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's like it's a thinking game. You have to know what to do with the ball when the ball is hit to you. So yeah. kind of like life, man. For you know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got different adversity, uh, different things coming at you daily. You got to know how to. If this happens, look, yeah. if my card overdraft, <laughs> we always talk about that, right? If, you know, coming up in entrepreneurship, <laughs> man, you, it's, it's rough. Credit drop, yep. bank account drop before you actually take off, man. So, Man, my first baseball in edge growing up was uh, was dating. If I, can, if I can get a girl first base, awesome. If I can get a girl second base. So talking about baseball with life. There you go. So, so um, I mean, was it, was it process for you, I mean, to ever go pro? Were you ever thinking about going big time? Yeah, man, that's that's always the goal, man. Um, you know, always had big dreams to go to the next level. Yeah. Played four years of college baseball. Um, it was kind of some favoritism there, and won't get mm -hmm. into that, but uh, the, just know the coach. His nephew played football, ah. so when he came out, it was yeah. like, "Hey, man, I've been through all this spring," and he'll jump me on the depth chart. But yeah. you know, no excuses. We, I went out there. I played. Uh, sometimes I played outfield when he played first base. So, gotcha. yeah. But um, yeah, I always had dreams to to go to the next level. Um, got a few opportunities, didn't work out, but I'm glad it's working out now with entrepreneurship. How did you know you wanted to study? Um, tell me about your degree and your master's degree. Oh, so uh, mental health, psychology, um, but a, no, a lot of people don't know this either. 
I started in uh, criminal justice. Really? So when I played baseball. You want to be a cop? <laughs> man, so my dad's a police officer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so my dad did over 30 years in uh, uh, New Orleans. Okay. And he, he just retired a couple of years ago. Wow. So. Um, you do that rollover with you? Man, I'm. I'm Pops. I'm, Pops. <laughs> Pops. I trust Kendrick with my mom's money. You should trust your son with your rollover. Yep. I promise you, he's in our industry, in our firm. He's not going to allow you to lose any money. Yeah. Call your son. Yeah. Yeah. And you and know, he's, he's he's Yeah. He has a pension, man. Oh, yeah. And um, he's doing some things in the community. But yeah, man, I uh, always had dreams to go big, man, and, and go to the next level right. in anything I did. So criminal justice, you, you, know, you switched to, uh, to to mental health. Yes. Did, you, did, that, did that add another year of college? So so the Switch reason majors? I switched, a lot of people don't know. The, re <laughs> the reason I switched was because um, I wasn't doing too well in my classes. My very first, when I went to college, and I, I went, I got recruited, so I had a scholarship, mm -hmm. right? Oh, you like, did? Man, so they, they pulled out the curriculum. Okay. And the, the highest paying job was the electrical engineer. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, do that. like Swaz. That's why Swaz became an exactly. engineer. Okay. Exactly. So, okay. And then the calculus started coming, and then these all these tough classes, and all my teachers were foreign. And I'm like, what? Man. Wait, wait, so wait. I, HBCU? HBCU. Your classes were foreign? Yep. Like, 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 uh, like Asian or Chinese or uh, Nigerian. Indian? It's, it's oh, like, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a lot of, yeah, it's all like all backgrounds. So okay. I, I can't, uh, first off, calculus is hard. No <laughs> kidding. And, and, then, and then I can't understand what the professor's saying. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, this is going to be bad. So I didn't want to lose my scholarship. I wanted to stay on the field. So I talked to my uh, uh, advisor at the time. He was yeah. like, man, go into criminal justice. And we went into criminal justice. And then uh, my minor was in psychology. So you've been, so you were money motivated to choose yeah. that career path. Yep. Right at. Okay. Yep. But then you realize, oh shit, I'm not really good at math. Sound like me, bro? Right. right. right? <laughs> Let me go to uh, law enforcement. Okay? Right. Right. Well, take a cut I mean, you do a calculus uh, uh, problem and it's 27 steps. Like, bro, what we? By the way, how many guys are good at math? Put it in the comment section below. I want to know. Put math. In the comment section below, if you are good at math, I wonder how many viewers of our Seven Figure Squad podcast are good at math. I was not good at math. The only math I know is plus. <laughs> plus, that's I'm it. really good at multiplication. Yeah, I've tried to avoid it at all times, minuses and subtractions, and yeah. definitely avoid it at all times. Man, I was, I, I was just talking to the team yesterday, man, and I was like, man, uh, a lot of the general, a lot of the stuff that we learn in school. Yeah. We don't use that in the real world. <laughs> okay. The general all study, study, all the man, all we, went through, we went through uh, grade school, then yeah. you go through college. Yeah. I, I would say 75, 80% yeah. of that stuff we don't use in you the dump, real world. It. Now, yeah. it, it helps you exercise yeah. your mind and think mm -hmm. and read. And, you know. but ex I would say exercising in a way that's actually going to have some impact in our lives right. for real instead right. of just being fillers. Yeah. You know, just, just to sell education. Yeah. So, so you got your your your... Bachelor's in in mental health yep. or psychology. So so I got my I got my uh, bachelor's in criminal justice and I got my master's in psychology. Okay. Mental wow. Yep. Okay. And so so what were you earning as a with a master's in psychology with your job? Maybe a base sixty five grand. Doing what type of job? So mental health. Okay. Mental health. Uh, had a caseload while I was dealing with. You working know, for the I, state or working for a, a private so, hospital? So it was the state. Okay. It was the state. Yep. So. I was dealing with kids. I, I focused mainly on kids. We had yeah. some adults on the caseload, but yeah. um, anxiety, anger issues, you know, um, depression, different things like that, man. A lot of stuff that we hide that's 
And that's yeah. why I, lo- I actually love that profession. And I'm yeah. act- what we're doing now in the financial services, I can still, because a lot of that, the root cause of, 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 of like anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. some, most of it stems from the finances. Some, some money. Like, yeah, the money. Like we don't have enough money. So Bottom, this could be one of our topics today. I'm angry. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take yours because you don't have, that's why cr- crime happens. Like, right. There's money. Yeah. So I can now, you know, tap into my community yeah. and talk about these things. And it's still on the mental health side because yeah. how good you feel when you have a pocket full of money, man? Yeah, absolutely. Economically <laughs> empowered. Provider, right. protector. I right. feel like a man. I never understood like money is like money can't make you like money can make you happy. hundred percent, bro. Like yeah. you have the resources to deal with other issues. Yeah. So you should be happy. Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says, man, money answereth. There you go. <laughs> and money there answereth. You, there you go. All things, not some things, all things. Now, I'm not saying it's going to make you happy, yeah. but money answers all things. Yeah, solves a lot of problems. It solves man. a lot of problems. So, um, so making 75000 And today, um, what are you earning today as an entrepreneur? Man, a little bit over 270 grand, man, yeah. right now. You know? <laughs> Thank, thanks to y'all, man, you and your wife, man, uh, coming out here on Fate. We just, like, we made that move not knowing what was going to happen. You know, yeah. took the whole family and rooted. Bro, bro you take the credit. That's one thing for us to do our part, but you take the credit because you executed. Yeah, yeah. You, you did yeah. the work. Yeah, we. Know? Yeah, I did the work, but you know, um, I, I, I'm still grateful and have gratitude to the platform that's provided because um, we know you know how hard this industry can be of yeah. just entrepreneurship yeah. in general. Man, you need some people in your corner. Yeah. So, I, what, when would you have ever earned that type of my two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year as a as a mental health professional? Never, man. With a master's degree, we capped out ever. Can't Never ever. So that's uh, that's the benefit. And by the way, we're going to be talking about this here later in the show. What, when is it appropriate for somebody to go from a part-time entrepreneur to a full-time entrepreneur? And you'll hear uh, 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 Kendrick's uh, uh, opinions and as we weave his story and his reactions to some of the topics we have here today. And so you'll hear <laughs> some of his wisdom as you progress throughout this podcast. So uh, let's take a look real quick at this first our first topic, this UPS driver. Well, UPS earlier this year, uh, they had a new union deal. And it was it was saying that uh, you know a UPS driver is now making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year as a driver. I was like, what? One hundred fifty thousand dollars a year as a UPS driver? You know, we're, we're, you know, what can Brown do for you? Yeah. Obviously, put some green in your pocket. Yeah. But this UPS driver uh, has made his name known uh, on Instagram by okay. revealing his checks. I mean, wow. he's created a whole following. Wow. Uh, of off, I mean, obviously off the clock, and when, okay. when he shows uh, uh, him in uniform in, in the in the in the I guess the uh, the UPS truck that he's off the clock, that he's doing that in his own time. Wow. So not to violate uh, you know yeah. uh, corporate guidelines. Yeah. So let's take a look at what this UPS driver earns for real, for real. Let's take let's a look. Take a look at a UPS driver's pay stub, end of year edition. End of the year edition. Now, for okay. the sake of this video, I'm going to be transparent once again, yeah. one last Off the clock. time, to showcase how much you can make as a UPS driver in a single year for two reasons. First reason being, our contract was so widely publicized and there was a lot of misled information about how much a driver actually makes. Second reason being is I firmly believe UPS is a leader in the industry. Not only by the way it takes care of its employees, but the services Good. we provide. Flag so you first can company. see UPS as a career option for yourself. And that's pretty awesome. So let's get into it. You can see my name there across the top. We're gonna take a look over here at the date, 1229-2023. The last check of the year. We're gonna look at the year to date totals. Looks like it's a seven day paycheck, weekly paycheck. 311 hours worked for a total of $103,906. 
I went ahead and did the division for you, and that equals about 44 and a half hours a week. So with all that said, I hope you appreciate my videos. Thank you for watching. And if you're thinking about a career choice in UPS, I would say go for it. Hey, good for him. Good for him. Flag for care me. for the company. Yeah. He's really indirectly recruiting yeah. for UPS. I don't yeah. see any FedEx drivers doing that. So uh, by the way, shout out to this guy. Amazing creativity. Um, and you see the different angles. And so as a creator, as a content creator, you can appreciate that. The different cuts. It just wasn't one a talking head. Yeah. It was three seconds here, three seconds there to basically keep you engaged, engaged yeah. in, in, in the content. Good so marketing. Um, yeah, yeah, marketing. <laughs> marketing right? tactics, yeah. So uh so they're not making hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, as as previously uh, stated. So he's making hundred three thousand. I I I assume that is different based on the market. I don't know what city and state he's at, but I yeah. assume in the more expensive markets they're gonna pay him a little bit more yeah. than what they pay in, in in other pockets of the country. But uh yeah, wait, what can Brown do for you? So if you wanna make six figures <laughs> You want to make six? So basically, the guy was uh, so let me do the math. So he's making uh, sixteen thirty. Do it was like a, it was a weekly check. Yeah, sixteen thirty two times mm -hmm. four. So it's sixty five twenty eight take home per month. Okay. So you multiply that by twelve. He's making so seventy eight thousand three thirty six net net. So one hundred three thousand dollars gross, based on that check of forty four hours a week, seventy eight thousand three thirty six. So you see clients on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, let's say this is right right here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. It's seventy eight thousand enough for the average family let's say two uh two adults two two kids enough to live on here in, in dallas in any major metropolitan city <clears throat> and i think matt um sometimes it comes down to lifestyle too you, you gotta you gotta take in lifestyle with inflation yep, and all yep. this stuff too so yep. it just depends man on the type of lifestyle you want you know do mm -hmm. you want a full five bedroom house can you make it with a two bedroom house can you yeah. can you go eating twice a day rather than four times a day? sure I mean, it's just it's lifestyle I, I would say but um you know kudos to the to, to the ups guy man you know doing doing what he can do for his family but yeah. at the end of the day man we know that uh america doesn't have a a, a savings problem it's an income problem mm -hmm. so by him even you know sharing his platform to actually be a flag carrier for uh ups mm -hmm. um that that i mean he should get a raise just for that <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, i'd also say though in addition to income problem, sure i i, I totally completely understand the wage gap or the wage growth or lack thereof uh -huh. but uh we are so easily sold to here in america i mean there's yeah. so many things to buy bro i mean yeah. so many things to to it's so hard to earn but so easy to spend tell me about you know? it <laughs> like I, I tell people how many apps on your phone do you have to Spend money, <laughs> right? How many apps on your phone? It's easy for you to one click buy, right? But how many apps on your phone bring so in money? Receive money, yeah. yeah. How do you receive money? So when I, when I'm looking at seventy eight thousand dollars a year, by the way, what do you think is uh, what is the average income in your city and states, and is that enough for you to live on based on your lifestyle, based on your family? Because the other thing I would say though, so America also has a spending problem. Yes, the most. government has a spending problem. Our municipalities, our cities have a spending problem. I mean, there's so many things that our country is spending now that a lot of us don't even agree with. Like for me, I can't give what I ain't got. So those, I got to take care of my house. I got to take what was going on under under, under my roof. Mm -hmm. And so, the sad reality is when people bring home seventy eight thousand dollars a year, what, what's the natural disposition? Do they do they spend sixty thousand dollars and save the eighteen thousand, or what do they do? They spend. 90 yeah they spend 100 i mean yeah. you see that with clients on a daily basis yeah, yeah. and that, that goes back my dad always taught me man to to you know save money and and buy what you need rather than what you want so that's why i say it's all about lifestyle the, yeah. the person who makes 70 take home 78 um yeah. in the same city yeah. um with inflation 
may be able to save more because of different habits, mm-hmm. um, different, you know, different lifestyle that uh, uh, putting kids, one, one person might be saying, hey, I want to put my kid in public school, this one, hey, private school. So mm-hmm. just different, you know, values and principles, lifestyle, um, that, that takes consideration too. But of course, inflation kicking everybody, but yep. so um, it, it shows that what, uh, over 70% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Um, that, exactly. That same person, the same guy versus another UPS guy in the same department, same pay, maybe living. He, this guy may be able to be save a thousand dollars every mm-hmm. every month versus mm-hmm. two hundred dollars every month. It just depends. Your yeah. average client, what are they tucking away on a monthly basis? <clears throat> average, average client, client if I, when I do discretionary, maybe the average anywhere. It depends on the market. You know, I'm getting a little bit into you, different yeah, markets you're, now. You're, you're, but when right. I first started, yeah. man, I mean. Some people not saving anything, man. Fifty to a hundred bucks, and they're adults. They're adults, man. Thirties, forties, but um, you they know, grown. They grown. They grown. Still barely tuck away a hundred bucks. Grown, bucks. man. So, and by the way, you're not going to get it. Really, it's good that you can save 120 bucks a month. Yeah, but that's not going to get you to become rich. It's no. not going to get you even close to even no. half rich, quarter rich. No. And then and now, we, yeah. With, uh, so with, so with, yeah. Now you know, as we you know, my wife and I be, became a little bit more experienced and know how to get through different markets. Mm-hmm. I'll say the average client can save maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks every month. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, so, that's a, so in other words, you have a different clientele. Yeah. Are you, what's the average income of your clientele? Maybe between eighty one twenty. Oh, good. Yeah. So that's, so would, would this guy be? Uh, a client, uh, this UPS driver yeah, would be, he'd be yeah. proud of average. Yeah. Hey, he'd be yeah. an average client too. Yeah, yeah, average <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. but but realistically, yeah. you know, I love doing what I'm doing because I still I'm still tapped into the community. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we you know we have internal, we have external sales. But internally, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll say you know the people who we get into the agency and yeah. we get into those families, they yeah. saving about a hundred, two hundred bucks a month, man. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, you know, um, I, I was mentioning this at a workshop the other day. I said, hey, all, all of you up in front, is money the issue in America? Like, is, is, the, is the financial problem in America income, right? Because right now, if I all gave you a million bucks, right? If, the, if, if myself, the government, if some entity gave you all, the 10 of you right here in front of the workshop, a million bucks mm-hmm. between the 10 of you this time next year, who's going to make that into two, 10 million? How many of you guys are going to make that into 500,000? Wow. Right? Yeah. And they all looked at each other, right? Like, yeah, because y'all know your yeah. your spending habits. It goes back to lifestyle. Yeah. Goes back to lifestyle. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the money issue. It's the mindset behind money. And um, But let, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and see and poke some holes in my theory, though. Uh, let's look at this other video where the multicultural meeting income in America based on your ethnic demographic. So let's take a look at this video. What do we make? Household income in the United States by ethnic group. Starting off at the bottom of our ranking, in the 10th position, we find African Americans with a median income of $35,000. Moving up to the ninth spot, Hispanic Americans have a median household income of $43,000. Continuing Latino. to the eighth mm-hmm. position, Nepali Americans follow with a median income of $43,500. For reference, the average American come with a median household income of $56,200. Climbing up to the seventh position, Korean Americans have a median income of $59,200. Now let's focus on the sixth position, where white Americans have a median household income of $59,900. Advancing to the fifth position, Pakistani Americans secure a place in our ranking with a median income of $66,200. Stepping into the fourth position, Chinese Americans have a median income of $69,100. 
Moving up to the third position, Japanese Americans come in with a median income of $72,300. Chinese Japanese. Following closely in the second position, Taiwanese Americans have a median income of $82,500. Finally, at the top of our ranking, claiming the first position, Don't tell me Filipino. Indian okay. Americans <laughs> lead with a remarkable median Indian household Americans. income of $100,500. Truly impressive. So the top four are Asian. Hmm. Indian, Taiwanese, Chinese, Japanese, Asian in America making the most money. Let's unpack that. Why? What do you think? You, by the way, I didn't go to college. So, uh, but what if I did go to college in, in Chicago? It'd be called a, 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 a UIC. I'm sorry, UIC or UCI. Basically, University of University of Illinois Circle Campus downtown okay. Chicago, UIC, okay. right? And they called it university. They used to uh, jokingly call it the University of Indians and Chinese. Yeah. Because all the professors and all the students, all the people that were leading there were all Indians and are Chinese. They were professors teaching yeah. them. So, I mean, you went to college. What was yeah? You I mean, mentioned foreigners. I, I mean, yeah. I, I grew up in New Orleans, and uh, all the gas stations were owned by foreigners. All the corner stores, mom and pop stores, yep. Asians. Uh huh. So I never really understood how they yep. could move their family uh, here to the U.S. and just take over, like you know. Um, so, so when you dig deeper, I think it comes back to, you know, um, getting getting business. Getting because how how is it that uh, uh, our culture we can get approved for thousands of dollars of student loan, mm -hmm. but not thousands of dollars of business credit? Sure, but so, it, but is that well? You know, I mean, there's there's been stories about redlining, uh, yeah. uh, black ownership, and. and uh, a black uh, home ownership or black businesses don't get mortgages for obviously systemic racial uh, indifferences. Yeah. Right. So, so have you experienced that? Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't personally experienced it, but I know it's happening just from different conversations in the community. And all, all I'm saying is, I'm asking that question seriously because you went from seventy thousand dollars income. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, to yeah. To two hundred eighty thousand dollars income, yeah. two seventy in income. Yeah. Well, now, now, I mean, if you know, if you. If you not making a way for yourself, man, some I mean, we would call it like you you being lazy today. Nobody well, sure. But sure. of course according to the history and different yeah. things that's going on, you of course redlining happens and different things like that. But that's why we do what we do, man, to let people know it doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, yeah. you can win. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this question. Do a lot of Indians own businesses? Mm -hmm. They do, right? You just mentioned yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, gas stations yeah. and, and, and 7-Elevens, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Do uh, do Taiwanese own businesses? Of course. Yeah, we have medical practices. And of course. Do, do Chinese own businesses? Of course. Do Japanese own businesses? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So those foreign Asian demographics, and, and everybody can laugh about stereotypes. They could be jokes. Comic comedians bring it up. Jokes. We can all, we have our jokes behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah. We laugh amongst ourselves. Most definitely. But those demographics and certain demographics, jokes are funny and sometimes not so funny, but sometimes they're true. Yeah. And if if more people in the top four income here we just saw are more predisposed to owning businesses than working for somebody, then it kind of tells you where you should be mm -hmm. in, in terms of making making moves. For, for example, all the stimulus money, 80% of all money printed in the history of America has been printed in the last three, four years. Yeah, a ton of capital. I just asked a uh, chief investment officer from an uh, insurance company. Do you think the market is going to recover this year? So there's too much fake money in the marketplace today. Yeah. But what happened? Money flooded the marketplace. Money from government came into all of our homes across America. Yeah. 
in a company called LVHM beats everybody else in terms of the top company. LVHM, uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, Moet Hennessy. Okay. Right? And what do they own? LVMH controls Tiffany & Company, Christian Dior, Fendi, Givenchy, Marc Jacobs, uh, Louva, Laura Perrin, Kenzo, <laughs> Celine, Sephora, Tag, Bulgari. Yeah. Right? Obviously Louis. Obviously yeah. Moet. And obviously Hennessy. Yeah. So who buys those products? Taiwanese? Nope. Indians? Nope. Japanese? <laughs> Not at all. Chinese? Man. Who buys You're them? You're right. Who buys them? I'll, I'll, Amer Black Americans. Black and Latinos. Yep. Black. And where are they on the top 10 income demographics in America? Bottom, bottom of the barrel. Nine and 10. There you go. Because instead of establishing a business like you are, yeah. they're out there spending money. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's something that stings. But that's what the data is showing. Yeah, I mean numbers don't lie. <laughs> I mean you the the numbers in your face, man. Um, it, it comes, it goes back to where you grow up, what you see on a daily basis. When I grew up, um, I seen people with the the nice shoes, the nice clothes, mm -hmm. the nice cars. Yeah, you know tattoos. Sure. Those were the things that we saw on the regular, and that's the vid the music that we listened to. Sure, we want to be just like. You know, uh, Nelly, <laughs> you know, sure. Nelly Kane Tower. Yeah. We, we want to be like the, you know, we want to spend money. We want to look good. Yeah, yeah. Master P. Snoop. So, oh, those guys, yeah. Those, those other cultures, those, the, the backgrounds, they're from day one, they're, they're exposing their kids and their family to businesses. Bingo. Makes sense. So, so it's all, <laughs> it's all about mindset and, and how we view money. So I'm glad that I was able to get into this industry so I can understand money and I now can teach my community how money actually works. Are, are, are more Asian families predisposed to staying together as husband and wife? Most. Yeah, are most, are most yeah. Asian families that you observe more predisposed to being more disciplinarian? Yeah. That's their culture, right? Yeah, the culture. Are more Asian Americans predisposed to having families that stick together? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, reality there and by the way do you agree with us you don't agree with us? we we want to know please put yeah. it in the comment section below um if we could uh, if we could take a look at my uh, screen here uh, andrew take a look at my screen here um half almost half 46 percent of adults who do not have children and do not want to have a child in the future pointed to the personal financial situation as a reason mm. almost half uh 74 uh, percent of americans say they are stressed about finances yeah Meanwhile, one in two Americans say their overall financial situation is worse now than it was before Biden was elected. By the way, I've been seeing a lot of uh, uh, just news out there that there's so many Democrats that are flipping to Trump. I think yeah. CNN even reported that. Yeah, okay, uh, Trump's ahead on the polls. Yeah. Uh, a Farrakhan yeah. denounced <laughs> Biden and says, go Trump. Yeah. Crazy stuff, right? Uh, uh, since November 2020 presidential election, Americans have encountered numerous challenges in recovering from the economic impacts of COVID-19. These include surging inflation, increasing interest rates, and wages that fail to keep place, to keep pace. A recent survey of a bank reveals that 50% of U.S. adults feel their overall financial situation is worse than it was three years ago, aligning with the time frame of the November 2020 general election. These economic hardships are expected to significantly influence votes in the 2024 presidential election with 89% of Americans stating that handling the economy will be a crucial factor in their voting decisions. Interestingly, discussions about President Biden's impact on the economy has been divisive. Approximately 67% of Republicans and 59% of independents believe their personal financial situation has deteriorated 
since November 2020, while only 31% of Democrats share their sentiment. On the flip side, has your income deteriorated? No, man. It, it actually increased, man. Since, <laughs> since, since coming to Dallas, man, when we made that move, because we, we were we were starting the office in Louisiana. But you then, made moves before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And... and <laughs> Like came, financial moves, I mean. Yeah, financial yeah. moves. So so we came to Dallas uh, making a little bit over 50K. Wow. Right? And a year and a half later, over 270. So, yeah, I mean. So, so in other words, you, you can't say, hey, man, my financial situation isn't worse because of Biden. My financial situation because of me. Yeah. Yeah. Taking ownership. So, so whatever you hear in the media, I, of course, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans will have their shots. Oh, that's why you need to vote Democrat. Oh, that's why you need to vote Republican. I've always been about my house. Yeah. So no matter, I've made money with Democratic president, I've made money with Republican president, and, and no matter what goes on in your White House, in the White House, the most important, no matter what goes on in the White House, yeah. the most important thing is what goes on in your yeah. house. Yeah. Now, of course, the, the, the economic situation in America is important. By, by the way, my my priority of voting, uh, I was putting together my my economic thought, my, uh, my uh, policy thoughts here about who I'm going to vote for uh, later in the year. At the top of the list, is economic policy. Yeah. If your economic policy sucks, you don't got my vote. Yeah. If it's meant to create jobs by inst inst like instigating entrepreneurship, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, so entrepreneurs have obviously changed things in, in your life. Even though everybody out there that's been waiting for a wage has, yeah. has been getting hurt. You yeah. know, what would you say to somebody out there that may be in this situation, Kendrick? They're like, all right. I don't want kids because my economic situation. I, I don't want. I don't want to save for retirement because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What, what would you? What would you say? I mean, I mean, um, you know, for myself, you know, I, I think it, it comes to it's about favor too, because uh, I, I think some people are exposed to different opportunities and mm -hmm. some people are not. So there's so many people out there that needs our help mm -hmm. that we can we can go into that household and look. Tell them, hey, we have a solution for you to increase your income. Yep. Right. Um, it's just, it just is what it is. I mean, I have a master's degree and I still find myself living paycheck to paycheck. Like, so it, it's, it's not about like you can do everything right. Right. Like if you're watching mm -hmm. this, like you can do everything mm -hmm. right. How is it that you can do everything right? Stayed out of trouble. You went to school. You got that good college degree, but yep. you still live in paycheck. To Come paycheck. on. How is it? Yeah. So so. You, we have to we have to get out into the community. That's why we love what we do. That's right. And go show people, hey, there's a way to increase your income uh, within entrepreneurship. Yeah. And uh, and then it's crazy. It's on a part time basis because I was still when yeah. I got into the, the industry, I was still part. I was still going to work. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Until I until you you know different mentorship calls. Hey man, have this amount of savings before you go full time and different yeah. things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I would tell that 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 family, man. Hey. Um, getting you have to take control of your finances, man. And it doesn't matter who's in office. Yeah. Now, of course, you know you vote uh, in favor of you mm -hmm. know what, what you add in life. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like you say, it's all about who, whoever has the best yeah. policy economically. That's sure. that's what we're voting for as entrepreneurs. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 you don't vote to be popular. You don't go vote to be to to follow the you mm -hmm. know, follow the herd. You know and. Uh, and speaking of which, people are complaining. Hey, government bail me out. Government bail me out. Government bail me out. Government wasn't mm -hmm. was supposed to be here to bail you out. Yeah. Actually, government here to protect you, not to bail you out. Yeah. The government's here to protect you, so therefore you can do your thing. Provide some barriers for entry, barriers for, for you not to get bullied, so therefore you can go out and do your thing. So that being said, if you're waiting for the government to change your life, look what the politicians have done to the minimum wage. 
They keep increasing it, increasing it, because that's what many people are voting for. Increase the minimum wage. Increase the minimum wage. Increase the minimum wage. Well, they've increased the minimum wage. In return, guess how the businesses have responded? Let's take a look at this article on my screen. Price of Big Macs could go up to $15. When's the last time you had a Big Mac? <laughs> man, it's been a while. It's <laughs> been a while, days, man. Right? It's been a while, but Big man. Macs are $15. Here's why. As half the states in the country raise their hourly minimum wage, American fast food staples like McDonald's, Big Macs, and sort of $15, predicts an economic analyst. Companies are either going to have to raise prices, start to reduce those labor costs, or a combination of both. So what's the combination of both? So what do we see out in Fort Worth? You remember, see, we see that there, I saw an article. I saw Fort Worth, McDonald's. Yeah. What? Whoa, majority. Where are we seeing McDonald's today? Are more people being employed there, or the installing cashier stations? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. order at the front. Yeah, self checkout. Self checkout. You know what I saw also in Fort Worth? Not only the self checkout, but also robots back there, uh, cooking hamburgers and frying fries. Wow. So they're eliminating jobs. Wow. That's how the businesses. I respond because the business yeah. owners are saying, listen, if, if we're forced to do this, we can't control these labor costs. I got to find a solution. So therefore, these labor costs, the fattest line item on my spreadsheet, I can reduce the labor costs. Now, business owners, they will still want to create jobs, yeah. but they're being forced in a predicament. Like, do I keep raising my prices? Because yep. I still got to create a product that's still affordable yeah. that people want to buy. So I, it, in order for me to pay higher wages, guess what they got to do? Yep. They got to increase everything else. Yep. The cost of goods and services. Yep. So um, that, that's what's going on there. Um, speaking of which, guess what else, else is going up? Let's take a look at the pool costs. So if you're out there, you want to build a pool for the summer. <laughs> guess, guess what is going on here? Let's take a look at what this pool builder says here in Houston, Texas. In 2024, in Houston, Texas, a regal pool is going to start at around $100,000. There's no more $40,000, $60,000 pools. That was a decade ago. With inflation and the added cost of expense of materials and job labor and all these things, our pools this year are starting at $100,000. Bingo. See, see, there it is. So it's affecting Big Macs, affecting luxury items, because what, what do you just say in the middle? The materials. Cost of materials. Cost of materials, yeah. And, and, and the reason why we're also having a housing shortage is the cost of materials. Because yeah. if I'm a home builder and it costs me, it used to cost me X amount of square feet to build a house. Now mm -hmm. it costs me a lot more to build a square foot house. Mm -hmm. Where's my opportunity to make money? There you go. So, you know, what happens when you allow government to come in and set the market versus the free markets setting the market, this is what happens. So the less going forward, my hope is that if you're watching the Seven Figure Squad podcast, that you have the disposition of less dependence on government for anything and more dependence upon and resourcefulness upon you. When you made that shift to become more resourceful on you, when you had less money starting, and by the way, it's not, it was a miracle to go from 50,000 to 750. It's so easy. Yeah. Was it? No, no. So, so, so when you, when you think about that, Matt, and you, you're talking about depending on the government, because I've been on both ends. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been where, um, like I said, I grew up in my grandmother's house where um, the government provided food stamps because mm. my grandmother was disabled. Okay. She couldn't work, so she relied on food stamps and Social Security, right? But now I understand there's still now there's more opportunity because I read I read here uh, on C CNBC is saying that um, the the next generation millennials are replacing we're replacing our grandmothers and grandfathers who had less education 
unless they they didn't know more about the opportunities out there now that's available. So, like I said, I've been on both sides where we relied on the government. Yeah. But now, being you know part of you know uh, uh, being financially literate. Exactly. Now I know yeah. how money works because it's it's really BS, Matt, to say that like black people have money. Don't oh, get for it sure. twisted. No, don't they, black we they we <laughs> have money. It's just what we spend our money on. What's, what, what, what's a priority to us, right? Like you said, we'll buy the Louis, Louis Vuitton. We'll buy, you know, uh, all, all the the expensive. There's money in the hood. There's money. There's money out there. You, if the the cleanest person you'll see is uh-huh. in the hood, fresh days, fresh shirt, fresh haircut, fresh everything, fresh J's. <laughs> so so yeah. think about it. If if we put that energy into understanding how money works and, and spending our money right and actually investing in the things that we need to yep. and going into like, so so entrepreneurship for me, man, it was an easy switch because I didn't want to rely on the government. I don't want my kids to ever think that, hey, we need to rely on the government and just because we vote some, a check gonna, gonna, gonna come to our front door, right? Yep. So, um, that, by the way, I'm, I'm looking for data here that, uh, by the way, if you guys know the data of how much, how much economic power is in the black community? Um, a lot, man. That's a lot. I was hundreds of billions, but like I went, went in Chicago, in the hood, right there, in Madison Pulaski. Yeah, you know, massive business yeah. there. I mean, uh, uh, Foot Locker, House of Hoops. Yeah, right there. So the top box brand names are in the hood. Yeah, in the West Side of Chicago, yeah. and everybody yeah. from Chicago know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know. So, so there's obviously. Money in the yeah, hood. Of course, of course. Uh, Rick Rick Ross, I was watching uh, something on social media, and Rick Ross, the guy was asking, uh, no, he was saying, hey, man, on, here on this report, they have your network at this. And he was like, he laughed. He was like, hey, man, that's not even close. So these, these entertainers and people who have money, they're not even reporting what they actually make, <laughs> right? So there, there's money out there. Let's take a look at my screen. I just, yeah. I just Google this real quick. Black purchasing power. Could jump from nine point. The right now it's nine hundred seventy-six billion, almost a trillion. Nine hundred seventy-six billion to a potential one point six trillion in the United States. So there's not a lack of income coming into the black community. Exactly. It's exactly. how we spend it. It's how we spend it. That goes back to priority. Understand how money works and your lifestyle. Right. So the This is from the St. Louis Federal Reserve. Yeah. So that's not like it's a. Uh, you know, hack hack website. Right. It's from the Federal Reserve. So there, there's money out there, man, in our community. It's just that we have to get into those communities. I have to get they into those They need to call homes. you. They need to call Kendrick, man. He'll turn your call life me, around, man. Baby. Let's call go. Call me. Call me. I'm here. Um, and who whoever thought that this industry would change my wife and I's life? Because um, like I said, we, we went through school. You know, what did you, you think know? about insurance people growing up? Man, so, so what's crazy, and I always share this, is... I can remember playing outside as a kid, and I can remember the insurance man driving by. I knew how his car looked, everything. Yeah. So, really, uh, I used to hate when he come because I had to stop the game. Hold on, time out, and I'll okay, run. I'll run inside and tell, "Hey, grandma," because you know I grew up. The insurance grandma. man's here. Yeah, to collect premium. The insurance man here. Wow. So, but I never put two and two together. Always had a nice car, nice clothes. He'll come in for coffee, collect the premium, sit down with my grandmother for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and yeah. leave out. Wow. Right. Uh, so what, what, what Democrat was he white? Was he black? White. He was white. White. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you, you would make your grandmama proud today. <laughs> right. 
She right. passed away. Yeah, she passed away. She, she's, so, uh, she's cheering you on for heaven, brother. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So my first year in college, 2003, she passed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Goodness so, gracious. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank, thank goodness there's, you know, insurance agents have done, I know the insurance industry has done a poor job in recruiting new talent. Yeah. That's why other insurance companies love us. Yeah. That's why they try to poach our guys. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we take guys from scratch to getting licensed to have some yeah. success in the industry. Whereas these insurance guys, the traditional insurance industry, like they're, 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 they're extremely lazy in terms of recruiting, training, developing new talent. That's what we do best. That's what we do. Right? Obviously, from your scenario, I mean, yeah. look at me, no college degree. 2.2 GPA in high school, <laughs> ends up building a business. And, uh, uh, you know, we're doing, I was sharing with you the numbers on Monday for our Monday morning full-timers, but in the last eight years, we paid out to our guys over $88 million in commissions. Wow. Not me, out to our guys the last eight years. Talk about economic wow. empowerment, right? Yeah. And by the way, you're part of that number. Yeah. You know, so, like, I can't wait for you to start sharing in the next two, three, four years yeah. how many multi-millions of yeah. economic empowerment you've shared with your guys yeah. and because you've equipped them, yeah. right, to be better providers, protectors of the family. Yeah. And less dependent upon government, more dependent upon you. Today, by the way, so today, fast forward, there's economic or uh, government dependency back when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. Today, how much government dependency do you have? Zero. Zero. <clears throat> That's the way it should be. Zero. Zero. And the only thing you depend on the government is to have good roads. Yeah. Um, hospitals, schools. Yeah. 911. Yeah. yeah. Right? Those, yeah. those type of things. So um, let's talk about... What Pitbull here said about entrepreneurship, because by the way, we talk about the world, world of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, the walk in the rose garden. Mm -mm. You know, sometimes you got to smell shit yeah. before you just smell the roses. So yeah. what did Pitbull here say about entrepreneurship? Here in the world of instant gratification, forget about entrepreneurship. Because mm. what comes quick leaves quicker. Mm. Entrepreneurship and hustling is about a slow, but a for show. That's what you want. Don't let these boys fool you and make you think that something just happens that quick. You got to understand, there's no magic to this. There's no secret sauce, no secret formula. Hard work pays off. You put in the time, and time will pay you back. But if you think one way or another you're just going to microwave some kind of opportunity slash entrepreneurship or, or, or business and startup, and you think it's going to pay you back like that, it's going to pay you exactly what you did. King Solomon, the richest, wisest king who ever lived, wrote in Proverbs. Uh, these are my top three favorite anti-get-rich-quick Proverbs. Number one, Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. That's what you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, one who is faithful in very little is, is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. That's from Luke 16, uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 10. Back to Proverbs. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. Mm. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who works and wants quick witches will get into trouble. Last one, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a rich, a trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants get rich quick schemes will get into trouble. There it is. That's King Solomon, that's, the richest and wise king ever lived, right? These are their that's, original mean tweets. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. Because um, I, you, when when we got into the business, uh, and we we I didn't I didn't have a background in business before I came here, mm -hmm. and um, you you taught us to understand delayed gratification. <laughs> That's why I stuck around. <laughs> I mean, because you know you come into you see you know we, we got leaders making eighty, we a hundred grand a month. month. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, can I really do? You always had that self doubt. So yeah. 
Um, that's that's our area of focus. But I think in order to understand that, it's five components Talk to us. that that Talk to us. that you need to develop as a leader to even go into entrepreneurship. Because if you think it's gonna happen overnight, you yeah. don't start. <laughs> break, break, <laughs> right? break it down, bro. But so so the first thing is mental toughness, hmm. right? So that's the ability to come over adversity, distractions. And, and show up no matter what and be dependable. Yep. No matter what happens in your life, Matt, yep. you're a leader of many. Yes. You have to show up. You can have all your your life can be a mess personally, but you are you're a real leader. So you have to have mental toughness. You gotta snap out of it. I gotta show up. Can't be a pansy. Can't. Sp spiritual growth, believing and having faith. If you don't believe that you can do something, because it's uh uh what what Swazo said it one day and, and he said, as long as you have fifty one percent Right, <laughs> belief in, in that forty-nine percent self-doubt. Right, <laughs> your, your head, your head. Yeah. Right, because we Shout all have, Swazo. we always have, we always yeah. have uh, uh, self-doubt. Then physical fitness and diet. Right, that's that's, right. that's big. We building, were working out at the gym the other day, baby. Yep, Let's working go. out at the gym. Let's yeah. go. Right, um, building endurance and staying healthy. That's a distraction. If if I'm hurt, I'm sick. Yeah. I can't show up. Um, and then you have emotional control, right? You got character, conflict resolution, remaining coachable, yeah. uh, uh, building relationships, even though they may not last. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the tough part. And just appreciating them for the season they are in your life. Exactly. So, and then the last thing, the fifth thing is competence and skill level. You know, being a professional and student to your industry and perform at a high level. So yeah. if you have those five components, Matt, uh -huh. um, what Pitbull Pit just talked about, yeah. man, you can, you, you have the, the tools to, to, to wait for that delayed gratification, man. Because on the other side, man, we just getting started. Yeah. And we know it's, it's, it's more delayed gratification waiting for us. <laughs> for sure. Bro, I was making, making $500,000 a year at the age of 42 years old before I bought my first pair of jigs. And now I got jigs. I mean, before I was, I was it was Roshis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Air Force Ones. I wasn't, you know, it, it was a New Balance. You know, I got pictures of me wearing New Balance because they're comfortable. Yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't wear uh, dress. I can't wear dress shoes. It just my, my feet just feel all crunched up. Yeah. But I was forty-two doggone years, and then on top of it, I didn't buy my first pair of Jordans. Patrick gave it to me. He awarded it to me for being part of Dream Team. Wow. So after that, my reward after that is if I have a personal goal that I hit every month, I'm gonna get a pair of Jays. Yep. If I do fifty percent of that goal, I'm gonna get yep. two pairs of Jays. So okay. I was growing at 100, 150% every month for three years in a row. And what happened? Yeah. My J collection just started, yeah, started blowing, blowing so, up. So, so to talk about, I just shared a post on Facebook that Patrick posted. He said, most people don't have an income problem. They have a spending problem. Of course. Yeah. I know people who only make 90000 a year and have more in savings and assets than someone making 500000 a year. That's right. Change your relationship with money. Delay upgrading your lifestyle as long as you could. That's right. He just posted that oh, uh, 14 yeah. hours ago. And by the way, I'm wearing bulls. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I wasn't wearing bull gear. I wasn't wearing uh, 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 just do it type of stuff. Matter yeah. of fact, I saw all the kids in school wearing bull jackets and starter yeah. jackets. They're getting robbed. They're getting jumped yeah. for the kicks. and for, That's why I never bought that stuff Man, in high you know, school. You know how many people... Got killed, Matt, in, in in New Orleans and probably across the country. But I knew it was really for, for starter jackets. Stupid. Those, like my mom would buy us starter jackets and not let us wear them unless mm. we were with her. Mm. Mm. Like no, you, you're not wearing that to school. You. Yeah, like you you're gonna wear that starter. You gonna like it was crazy. Yeah. Like people really lost their lives. Like starter jackets are not even a style. <laughs> so people really lost their lives years ago yeah. for a trend that's not even. 
Because back to the point, instead of showing people how to create their own bread, yeah. how, to, how to make their own bag, yeah. they're going to take it from somebody take else. Take it from somebody else. And that's what, that's what entrepreneurs do. And we want to instill entrepreneurship. That's, cap, that, that's what capitalism does. Capitalism says it doesn't care if you're white, you're black, you're brown, you're Asian. It's who's better in the marketplace. No. We care about one color. Green, baby. Green. We care about one race. Human race. That's it. Let's do it. It's all capitalism and entrepreneurship cares about. Now, some of you guys, well, Matt, what about this? But no, that's crony capitalism. And any type of good thing, there's always an element of bad thing. I'm just focused on the pure elements of entrepreneurship and capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of that, let's go look at this clip about this woman who's a little bit a little overzealous about her business, and she went from part-time to full-time. Let's take a look at this clip. I quit um, December 6th of last year, gave a two-month notice. February 1st of this year, I went into, that was my last day, handed over my laptop, and went into full-time entrepreneurship. Good. This is exciting, man. So you've been a full-time entrepreneur for 10 months. Mm -hmm. How much money have you made in 10 months? Mm, $1,000. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Total. total. Not a month. Yeah, are you married? No. You live with Kids. your parents? I moved back home. I sold my okay. house last year. I okay, had a gotcha. house. And I was trying to figure out how you survived. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had it. Wow. So I think she should have stuck up for herself a little bit more. Yeah. That that awkward silence that he had. To like He's trying to, the math ain't math in type look. Yeah. So the challenge sometimes we have as entrepreneurs, that's sometimes a bad rap why yeah. people don't start entrepreneurship because they transition too soon yeah. uh, before they're ready to go. What would be your parameters? You, you coach a lot of people. What would, you, yeah. what would be your parameters if you say, okay, now you're ready to go full-time? We, You know, we have a playbook, Matt. And, um, <laughs> we and do. you know, a lot of mentorship came from you. Um, just, you know, my wife and I being on calls with you and just processing different things. Um, you you have to strategically transition into entrepreneurship. So even in our field, and I, I don't know what 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 you know um, she what she's doing as an entrepreneur, but I know for us, um, most of our guys are part time and they transition full time. Yeah. For me, like I stated earlier in the, mm -hmm. in the segment, um, we I went ten months part time before I went full time, and the thing was, hey man, you need to have thirty fifty k saved up mm -hmm. before you transition you know you yeah. have the up good month you have a yeah. bad month you like you know yeah so so but I, like you said she should have stuck up more because we, I, we don't know a situation we don't know her vision yeah it's, it's probably frowned upon right now like man you lost everything you sold yeah. your house you made a thousand dollars in 10 months sure but hey let's have this conversation four or five years from now yeah that, right. That's where I thought she should have stuck up yeah. for herself. Yeah. She should have casted that vision. She goes, yeah. hey, it's not looking pretty right now, but these are the contracts I got going on. These are the deals I got going on. These are the projects yeah. I'm working on. Sadly, I'm sucking wind right because yeah. I'm living off the savings of selling my house. But I think that's the situation where, by the way, that's the downside to it. You, you sold an asset to live off. The asset should be continuing to kick you income, yeah. not living off. You're, you're, yeah. you're eating away that, that principle. Um, which which I want to go into the next topic here. Deion Sanders says, uh, there's an NCAA problem uh, with a lot of athletes right now because a lot of these athletes these days, they can get paid. And I, it wouldn't have been awesome for you to go to <laughs> man, college, play baseball, been, and get some cash. That would have been awesome, man. I mean, just, you know, and it, everything evolves over time. Um, you know, just having having that scholarship, Matt, to, mm -hmm. to go to school for free. Yeah. Yeah, you know, is was I was that was, was, I was enough grateful. compensation. I was, yeah, I was grateful at the time, but now you see, you know, everything evolves over time. It's kind of like, 
I have a I have a younger brother, and we we grew up. We got our butt whipped when yeah. we did something, right? Yeah. And now you know my mom's a little older. She's a little uh-huh. seasoned. Uh-huh. She's like, hey man, talk to your brother. Yeah. I'm like, whoop his butt like you used to whoop our butt, <laughs> <laughs> All right? So everything. My point is, everything evolves over time. So um, like, I didn't have a cell phone when mm-hmm. I went off to college. My brother had a cell phone since he was in middle school. <laughs> so everything you can't look yeah. back and say, man, you owe me. Uh, you should, uh, you know, I should have yeah. had a cell phone in, yeah. in middle school. So um, it's good. Good thing for now, these college players are, yeah. are getting paid because they're bringing they're bringing in thousands of dollars, millions of dollars to these universities. Yeah. I mean, especially you play football, basketball at a D one, and you're attracting people. And, yeah. Yeah, you should be compensated, but um, Archie yeah. Manning, for the purpose of him being a decent quarterback, but having a Manning last name, is making. I think he's making like three, four million dollars a year. He's making multi-million dollars a year as a college backup quarterback wow. at Texas. Then Brock Purdy, quarterback, starting quarterback for the 49ers, Mister wow. Irrelevant, because he's making around eight hundred, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollars a year as a quarterback, uh, last pick in the draft. Wow! So there's now, now his college players are getting. They're getting paid. Getting paid. So there's a problem though. Uh, so Deion Sanders has a problem with this. He's, he's he created this video to the NCAA. NCAA. NCAA, you got a little problem. Let me explain. See, with the NILs, which really ain't NIL because there ain't no name, image, and likeness. It's just pay per view right now. That's what they're doing to the big boys, little boys. We can't compete with that. But anyway, you got a problem. See, when you start paying athletes like they're professionals. You get athletes acting like they're professionals. And you don't have staffs large enough and equipped enough to handle a young man with money. Let me go deeper. Handle a young man that's making more money than some of the coaches on staff. (laughs) You got a real problem. So I suggest to you to allow college teams to hire more qualified men men qualified that could handle these young men that's getting this money that's why they need you kendrick wow so calling all former college athletes that would love to have a career to help these men that you know their walk you've been in the locker room and you know how to have a conversation with these guys on how to handle their ducats the cash their money we need to recruit you to equip you with the knowledge and the system and the playbook that we have so that we can go back to these college athletes to talk to them about money. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, we hear you. I know you're easy to find. We're answering the call. We're looking for coaches that are, aren't making that type of money that would love to have a dabble into the insurance industry to go in to these locker rooms. That's it. They need you. Man, that's that's crazy, man. He, he has a point. I mean, you, you have... I mean, and and sometimes these, you know, you, you, your knuckleheads already, <laughs> and you, you're the big man on campus. Uh-huh. You know, you, you show it out for the game. Yeah. You, you, you know, you don't show up to class the next day. Yeah. The, the professor will write you off because you're the big time guy. But like you said, I mean, that that ego. They, they need to get qualified people and to check that ego. Yeah. And uh, and and have them focus on on the main thing. Well, his his son, the bottom, you know, the text right there. His son is making four over four million dollars a year to play college. Quarterback. That's crazy. And so early in the year, he was on. A, it was in a. It was a. It was a face FaceTime. He was on the phone with uh, his dad. Yeah. Shadur was on the phone with his dad and Tom Brady. And Tom was, hey, hey, can you tell my son about this? Uh, this this phantom. Can you get him out of the phantom? No, no, dad. It's not a phantom. It's a Cullinan. <laughs> right. Well, whatever it is. And Tom Brady said, "Oh, well, you, you need to get out of that phantom and study some game tape." Wow. So imagine the goat trying to tell your son. Yeah. 
get out and study some game tape. That's that's a huge distraction, man. Major. That's a huge distraction, and and like you said, I, I don't know. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure Dion is coaching his son to to you know have character and different yeah. things like that. But man, when you have, you got to remember these yeah. are like, these 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 guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah, young with imagine us with yeah, <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> four, four, four million dollars. Shadour, I think, is a little bit ahead of the game because he kind of grew up with money. True. He grew up with the the fame. The, well, his but, his parents had money, yeah, so yeah. he doesn't know how to manage money. Correct, I mean, correct. But he made you know he had that influence in the house. But, yeah. Correct, and I think he's more willing to listen to other yeah. people that his dad because he's, he's a coach in his entire life. Yeah, but uh, well, if you got an NIL deal, you got an NIL contract, and you're watching this man, and you need some help with your personal finances, reach out to the Seven Fear Squad podcast, and we'll connect you with some men, some professionals that can handle your personal finances and the celebrity status you have. So, the last thing I want to talk about, let's take a few minutes to talk about this. But uh, I don't have a video on this, but Cat Williams took shots on the Shay Shay podcast. And was basically bringing scorched earth to the comedy industry, yeah. to Hollywood. And yeah. so, um, so here's some people he called out during. Uh, if we can take a look at my screen, uh, Andrew. So he called out. If you guys haven't watched the Cat Williams podcast, he called us some major players in the comedy world, the comedy industry, as well as the as well as Hollywood. He called out Steve Harvey. He called out. Cedric the Entertainer. I'm just paraphrasing all this stuff right now for, for lack of time on this podcast. He called out uh, uh, Ricky Smiley. Yeah. He called out, uh, who else he called out? He called out uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Called him an industry plant. Yeah. That he had no business uh, having those type of deals in LA, even though his career was built on the East Coast, that he was an industry plant. Um, he called out uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. About what happens when, uh, when, uh, when they prop you up and when they don't want you there anymore. So they're going to find a way to build you. And they're going to find a way to take things out if you don't build it with your own, your own, you know, yeah, yeah. With own your, your own grit. Michael Blackson, you know, he gave some shit about uh, uh, faking and uh, being a uh, faking. I think an African accent. Just be, be kind of yeah. like be you. Tyler Perry. Yeah. He called it Tyler Perry. What? <laughs> Why? Because he made his life playing a woman. Yeah. Thirteen yeah, movies uh, playing yeah. playing with uh, Medea, and then uh, Ludacris. So, uh, listen, I only know this from observation. I kind of can tell what happens when somebody is envious. I kind of tell when somebody has been passed up, that he feels a lot of these guys passive on ice, kind of calling these guys out. And, you know, I've got my other thoughts, but what's your initial thoughts when you saw this go down? I mean, 37, 42 million <laughs> views in five days. Crazy, man, broke the internet. That's crazy. That, that's crazy. Shout out to Shannon. Shannon Shop, man, for that, man. <laughs> he's, like, he's like Hercules. 600,000 new subscribers wow. to his podcast from that one interview. Wow. Wow. But yeah, Matt, um, he, he called it out. And a lot of the responses that I saw, they didn't say he was lying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, didn't, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't say yeah. he was lying, but... I mean, to, not to, one person said he's lying. Not one person said he's lying, and then, I have yet to hear it. Yeah, then yeah, he's not lying. They didn't say he was lying. They they, they called him bitter. They called him, you know. Uh, uh, but but I, I don't, you know, we wasn't there. We don't know. But for him to call out those some big names, it's man, huge names. That's some big names, and like, hey, Steve Harvey, like y'all thought that was a fresh lining. That was a that's a wig. That was a a, a, yeah. a, a wig toupee. Or yeah, toupee the whole time. And we like, man, we 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 pride ourselves on. We we going to the barber shop. We going to get the Steve Harvey liner, <laughs> right? And Throwing then uh, uh, they showed the clip of Cedric Entertainer, um, his last um, joke, his last joke, doing it on stage. And they showed uh, Cat doing it on stage. So kind of took his, kind of took guess, his joke from yeah, that from yeah, a few yeah, years. So, uh, I mean, a few years prior to that. He, 
you know, I, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it, and it seemed like he has uh, some good points. But um, hey, he called them out, and let's let's see what happens. I also looked up, you know, the net worth of Cat Williams. He's yeah. not as rich as a lot of people think he is, but he was also saying whatever you read on the internet, I'm richer than that. So mm -hmm. he also said that I'm richer. I'm a, one of the richest men on earth. That's what mm -hmm. he. That's what he said. Okay, so uh, here's my thoughts on it. Number one, be a man of your word. Obviously, some people have crossed him. Mm -hmm. They've uh, not only built a bridge with them, but eventually burnt that bridge. Mm -hmm. And so you just never know. So my, my whole mantra is beware of the ash you kick today for maybe the ash you kiss tomorrow. Wow. A lot of these guys are now kissing his ass because they're trying to retract some statements. But they're, again, they're, they're, they're trying to redirect it, but not calling him a liar. Yeah. So be, be careful about the, the bridges you build and keep, keep, keep those bridges. Now, you may not cross that bridge again, but don't burn it. Yeah. You know? uh, number two, financial security. So he went on a rant. So this is where I think he's got money saved. Because he went in a rant like he doesn't need a job tomorrow. Yeah. Like he doesn't need an opportunity tomorrow. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's got, in his mind, based on his lifestyle, we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. enough money to say F you to everybody. Yeah. The F you money. Like he's got you F you money. Uh -huh. Like, you know, I must. Because see, what do you say? I, I turned down $50 million four times to protect my to protect my virginity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's wild, man. He goes, you know, I, and he said P. Diddy. Man. You know, it's like, yo. Okay. But, but he, apparently he's got his own money. Um, and he stated that he's doing his 19th 100 city tour. Yeah. So he's created a market for himself. Yeah. And so, so, you know, so in his budget, in his world, he's got finances. You don't say that type of stuff unless you have those, your own financial backing. Uh, number three, earn his stripes. So you can tell the cat's been through a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. I think he was 13 years old. He was emancipated. He hitchhiked to Florida. Yeah. His, his whole background. But uh, he's got plenty of experience with the good, bad, and the ugly. So he obviously knows his craft. Yeah, and he knows his industry, and uh, he knows where all a lot of skeletons are buried. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is, so you know, it's either you're going to get bitter or you're going to get better. It yeah. does sound a little bitter. Yeah, it sound, yeah definitely, Matt. Um, sound sound bitter, you know, like a like an ex ex wife, ex girlfriend. But um, I can tell you this: great mark marketing tactic. Great he marketing. can he can he can go on tour now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Think about That's it. That's it. Like like if he goes on tour and he comes in Dallas, we might get tickets to go. Of course, <laughs> right? Like we, I want to hear what you got to say. We want to like, hey man, this not like this. This it? You just gonna call him out and go away? No, could go on tour, go go do a comedy tour, and uh, we'll be there. <laughs> what do you guys think about Cat Williams on the, on the Shay Shay Club Shay Shay podcast? Um, great entertainment. I mean, that's what he does, right? Yeah. They're entertainers, but at the same time, too, I don't know where we're relationships burnt, where bridges burnt, yeah. where we're, we cross things exposed. You talk about Illuminati, ludicrous, Illuda, Illuda, Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was at the very least highly entertaining for many of us, and uh, and uh, many of you have gotten some your conclusions too as well. We'd love to know what that is. So with that being said, appreciate you guys here for tuning into the Seven Fifty Squad podcast. Tune in next Wednesday. Uh, we've got uh, uh, many new guests here coming up on this podcast. And uh, we got a lot of things in store. We're very excited. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be in San Antonio, Texas. Yes. We have our own regional kickoff event, Escape the Matrix. We got Les Brown showing up. Yep. Got love and respect all the Emerson, Edgar, uh, Dr. Emerson Edgar showing up. We've got uh, um, we got Patrick but David obviously course, showing up. PBD will be showing up. We've got uh, 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 Jeremy Lee Minor who's in that chair, yep. uh, teaching us professional sales in today's modern era, professional sales techniques in today's modern era. And last but not least, we got Waka Flocka. Excited, showing up excited excited for him man gonna get us into some 
some deep, uh, and, and our competitors, you know, they had something to say about Walking you know, uh, life, uh, insurance. life insurance and cash value. He didn't do this. So we're going to clear the air. We're going to clear the air. So if you're out there and, you know, you, uh, you're near San Antonio or you're across the country and you want to hear the truth, come, come in to, to, to escape the matrix. Right. January 30th, right? That's right. To yep. February 1st, we'll be in San Antonio. Yep. Drop us a DM, drop us a message if you'd like to come. After I put down an event, escape the matrix in the comment section below if you want more information by joining us in San Antonio, January 30th to February 1st. That yep. being said, at the very least, if you watch it until this point, please drop a like on this video, drop your comments below in the comment section, and please share this with people that you love and care about if they want to become part of the seven figure squad. Income level and obviously the Semper Squad podcast. That being said, God bless you guys. Until we meet again from Dallas, Texas. To again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. See you next week. Bye bye.